now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale. As always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach is located at 6169 North, Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. Obviously, COVID's still a little bit of a factor there, but throw on a mask and get yourself to Coach's. Great food, always a great time. I know football season's coming up. They always do some specials for that. But we'll get into the Cubs. It's been a long time since I've talked to you guys little bit of a hiatus. I apologize for that. Obviously, a ton of Cubs news has happened. Of course, at the July 30th trade deadline, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, and more were shipped to other teams. So this team looks a lot different. They currently sit in fourth place in the NL Central, but they are on a seven-game winning streak thanks to Patrick Wisdom, Rafael Ortega, and of course, Frank Schwindel, who has game-winning hits in six of the last seven games for the Cubs. Chris Bryant now on the Giants. He'll be in town next week. Anthony Rizzo is a Yankee. Javier Baez is a Met, all having some success um, at their new teams. Andrew Chafin is on the A's. Jack Peterson on the Braves. Craig Kimbrell and Ryan Tapera both on the White Sox. Um, I don't think I'm forgetting. Oh, Jake Marisnik is a Padre. Um, so there's been a lot of moving pieces for this team. Um, a lot of frustration for fans and myself, understandably, just because... This team, you know, has the highest ticket prices in the league and they make more money than all but three teams, but instead they're crying poor and dishing off salary. However, some of the moves that the Cubs did make I think are going to really benefit them in the long run. Um, And here to break down some of that and the entire league as a whole as we head down the stretch, it's our AL insider, Robert Fiorante. Thanks for coming on the show, Bob. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love September baseball. It's getting close. Um, Obviously... As a White Sox fan, it's exciting. Um, but as a Cubs fan right now, seven in a row, like you said, some new fresh names in there, and they're playing hard. Um, they want to win, and uh, they're spoiling it for a few teams. Yeah, the Reds are in town right now, and the Cubs uh, had a nice win yesterday, 4-3 to three over the Reds, who are fighting for that second wild card spot in the National League with the San Diego Padres. They're back in action against those Reds tonight, looking to do the same thing. But, Bob, I remember... I think last offseason you told me all I want is meaningful September baseball. You've got it. Yep, that is all I ever want. Um, obviously, a nice year so far. Unfortunately, uh, best three starters right now on the IL with Giolito, Rodon, and Lance Lynn. Um, so they're trying to piece it together. Um, it's nice, though, to have a nice, comfortable lead. Um, so obviously, this September is huge, but it's more for positioning at this point. Um, two or three seed because uh, they pretty much have the division locked up. But it, it is, it, it's all I ever asked for, and it's very exciting, and I love it. Yeah, glad to see that for you. Of course, some uh, former Cubs familiar faces helping you guys down the stretch. Of course, Dylan Cease and Aloy Jimenez, who came over in that Jose Quintana deal. Um, Cease, he's got some good stuff, a little bit erratic sometimes, but he, he dominates every once in a while. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, he's got the most strikeouts of pitchers. I think it was 25 and under, 20 maybe 24, 25 and under. Um, he just got great strikeout stuff. Um, it was Jason Benetti that said um, maybe people over-exaggerate the swings and misses, but batting average on swings and misses is still zero and will always be zero. Um, so it's a great stat to have. Aloy just mashes the ball. Interesting that he doesn't like being a DH because he's not a great left fielder and he gets hurt out there, um, but he likes playing left field. He likes being involved in the game more than hitting. Um, so obviously a great piece. 
and Craig Kimbrell. Uh, Tapera's actually probably been better than Kimbrell since he came over. Craig still, we're, we're still trying to find a role for him. Um, he's been mostly the eighth inning guy with Liam Hendricks back there. Um, and he's not as comfortable, I would say, in the eighth inning. The ninth inning, when they've put him in there, he's been great. He was great on the Cubs in the ninth inning. Um, and he's been great with the Sox in the ninth inning, but that's not really the role that they've been using him in. Um, so it's a little frustrating to see. Uh, but he's been great, and I, I expect him to be great down the stretch. Um, but you got some great pieces back as well with Nick Madrigal and Hoyer. I was just going to say, Cody Hoyer has been a, a valuable part of the Cubs' bullpen, especially over the last week on their winning streak. The Cubs' bullpen has had an ERA below one, um, and Cody, Cody Hoyer has been a huge part of that. And then, of course, Nick Madrigal out the year with a hamstring injury, but the contact-oriented second baseman shortstop for you guys for a couple of years, now um, a member of the Cubs organization. What should Cubs fans expect from, uh, from Hoyer, who we've seen a little bit, and from Madrigal? Yeah, so for Hoyer, he had a great year um, in the short season. It was his rookie year last year um, in 2020. His changeup is just nasty. When, it, when he uses it, he could use it to get ahead. Um, he uses it to get out lefties, I would say, more than righties, but it works against both sides. Um, he's got great strikeout stuff when he does have command. With you guys, he's had pretty good command. With us this year, um, the command was lacking all year long. He ended up not being a part of like the 6th through ninth. Very rarely they'd put him in there even in the fifth. He'd play in more blowout games because he lacked command. Um, or they'd try him in there, he'd walk the bases loaded, and then they'd have to take him out. So he really struggled for us. But it seems like he's been revitalized a little bit. He likes his role with the Cubs, which is nice to see. He's got great strikeout stuff, um, which is nice, especially if you have to get out of jams. Um, I feel like he can be really good at getting out of jams um, as long as he's got control. And for Madrigal, it's, it's really tough to see him go. Um, obviously, he was out the year. He hurt himself running down the line. Um, but he's the best contact hitter I've ever seen um, in a White Sox uniform by far. His strikeout, if he strikes out once a month, it was like a storyline. The guy, he just makes contact. He's a great two-strike hitter, um, which is nice to see. Doesn't have the power. Definitely doesn't have the power. Um, I remember his first home run. It came, he didn't hit one last year. And then this year he hit one in Minnesota. It was, they barely got out. Um, and it was a huge story because he does not have the power. We used him as a nine hitter. He's a great hit and run type of hitter, um, which is always nice to have. He could hit it to all fields, hit it a lot to right field. He gets a lot of base hits down the line. Um, a lot of awkward swings that end up as bloopers. Um, and he just, the bat control is unbelievable. Um, and he's obviously really young too. So he's got a bright future, no doubt. Hard to see him go. Yeah, a friend of mine, when that trade originally went through, said you guys just got somebody who's going to hit 290-plus for the next 10 years. So hearing that's always something uh, good to hear. You, you know, you look at this Cubs team, what has really plagued them since the World Series has been they've been home run dependent, home runner bust, if you will, on the offensive side, and they strike out way too much. It looks like a lot of the moves that they made at the deadline, uh, whether it's Canario, who's the prospect they got back for Bryant, or uh, Vizcaino, who came over from the Yankees for Rizzo, Pete Crow Armstrong, who came from the Mets for Baez, or, of course, Madrigal, who we've talked about a lot in this episode, coming from the Sox to the Cubs in exchange for Kimbrel. Um, it seems like the Cubs are going toward that contact-oriented approach, which is something they've lacked over the last three or four seasons. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and you're definitely going to get that. Obviously, with Horner coming back to up the middle with Madrigal, it's a great combo. I don't know how much power um, Horner has, but obviously it's not 
they're from Madrigal. And the glove has been good, too. I forgot to mention the glove. Um, it was highly, like, they talked about it a lot coming up, and he struggled last year with the glove, made a few errors. Looked like he was trying to get ahead of himself. Um, he'd make a lot of throw, like, he'd spaz out if he bobbled it. And from second base, you have a lot of time, um, and he wouldn't take the time. He would bobble it, spaz out, throw it over Abreu's head. Um, and this year, I'd say he calmed down a little bit. So the glove is definitely coming around as well. Um, and like you said, just putting the bat on the ball, it's something they've struggled with, and you don't have to struggle with it with Nick. Um, and as long as he can stay healthy, he's had injuries last year and this year, um, but I hope that he does stay healthy because he's fun to watch when he's in there. You can put him in the one spot, the two spot, or the nine spot, I would say, are his best spots, um, and he definitely will get the job done for you. Yeah, we <clears throat> we don't really have a nine spot that's usually booked for the pitcher. Um, right, 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 right. But this offseason, we might see that change, so Madrigal could be batting ninth. But I think there's a chance, like you just mentioned, um, the Cubs infield and catcher might be set for next season, which could also be one through five in the lineup with, um, say, Horner at short, Madrigal at second, um, Pat Wisdom at third, Frank Schwindel at first. Uh, those two rookies have been excelling. Um, since Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo left those positions. Wisdom, 25 homers, um, approaching the Cubs' rookie record, and then Frank Schrindel, 10 homers and 30 RBI in just 33 games with the club, and then Contreras behind the plate. So that's a nice little start. Obviously, outfield, there's some question marks. Jason Hayward's contract will still be on the team. Um, Rafael Ortega has been great. I assume he gets some action. Ian Happ um, really struggled this season, but has been on a tear as of late, hitting like he did in 2020. So that could be an option. And then uh, Michael Hermosillo has had some call-ups and played well. Greg Dykeman as well. So we'll see. Um, I don't think this team's going to be great next season, but there's definitely some pieces to start returning toward competitiveness. Yeah, and, and to that point, do you think um, there's at any point there's a chance this offseason that they do make a free agent splash? Um, whether it be bringing one of those guys back, like a Rizzo, um, or even like going outside, getting the Castellanos back, do you think they do make a free agent push for somebody? I think they should. Um, I think Jed Hoyer should know as good as anybody the biggest way, the the fastest way to get a rebuild done is to get that first guy. Um, the Cubs really weren't close to winning after 2014, but you signed John Lester and everybody's like, oh, Cubs are legit, Cubs are trying to win. Um, yeah, and, they're for real. And and obviously, uh, Lester was great in 2015, and, and the Cubs ended up winning 97 games. But that was a surprise. They weren't supposed to win that many, but getting that first move is huge. And I think you have your manager. I think the Cubs like Ross and think he's going to be that guy. Um, so, so go get somebody. Maybe it's one of those free agent shortstops, um, whether it's Baez or somebody else. We don't know. Uh, maybe it's an outfielder because they really haven't had one. Uh, that that's going to be there for the long run. Like you said, maybe it's bringing somebody like Rizzo or Bryant or Baez or even like a Schwarber back who's having a, a really productive season. Um, or maybe it's a pitcher like, like they got with Lester. Maybe it's somebody who's on the free agent market who can eat some innings because that seems to be the weakness of this team right now. They've got some nice production from you know Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, but those guys aren't quite stretched out and you don't have any surefire ace at the moment. So it's hard to imagine a team being super successful without that, but I think if you're gonna start that rebuild, you gotta, you're pretty close. Like you don't have to do any more dumping. You don't have to do any more selling. I think you gotta start buying at this point. 
Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Um, that's obviously a big factor in it. And speaking of um, a possibility of a shortstop, I do remember Trevor's story about a week and a half, two weeks ago, saying um, he loved the atmosphere playing at Wrigley um, when you guys played the Rockies at home. Um, and obviously, he's a free agent. He definitely will be expensive. Um, I do think he's going to get a lot of money in the offseason. He's easily a top 10 shortstop. Um, so I don't know if that would be a little out of the price range, but he did seem interested um, in playing in Chicago. Um, and obviously, Castellanos loved his time there as well. Um, so those are definitely two options, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely keep an eye on those. Uh, Castellanos near the MLB lead in batting average. I think if the Reds really make a push into this wild card position, Castellanos will get some votes for the NL MVP, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, I want to talk to you, Bob. You know, we talked a lot about the Cubs and, and the future and the way the roster has looked and things like that. But you guys have a team that's probably going to win the division. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if they don't. There's a 10-game lead at the moment. Um, what what are you looking for from your team down the stretch that will make you confident that you're going to make a run in October? So I would say the biggest thing right now, no doubt, is health. Um, they've been the starting rotation, especially in the bullpen. The pitching overall for the team has been healthy um, for the entire year. I don't think they've had any IL, maybe one very early IL stint for Lance Lynn. Um, I think he missed one start. Um, but everybody else has been healthy the entire year. Um, Rodon, they just they had a phantom IL stint for because he obviously hasn't thrown that many innings lately. Um, but everybody's been healthy. And then all of a sudden, um, Lynn goes down on a day he wasn't pitching. And on that same day, Giolito was pitching. And he goes down with a hamstring. Um, so they both won on the IL one day apart, which is tough to see. Um, and obviously Rodon as well, not pitching so many innings. So I would like to see how, um, like you said, the division is pretty much wrapped up. Um, they, if they play 500 from here on out, they easily, I think, wrap up the division, as long as Cleveland doesn't win about 20 in a row. Um, so I would say staying healthy. Get Tim Anderson back on the field. He's got a hamstring as well. He's been, He's had some nagging leg injuries. Um, so I would say getting those guys back with about a week and a half-ish to go, um, maybe get one one to two starts each for the pitchers and get Tim probably a week of at-bats and he'd be good to go. He's such a pure hitter um, that I think that would be plenty. And the other thing I want to see, um, I would like to see the Sox figure out that DH spot. It's been kind of a revolving door with Andrew Vaughn, um, Aloy Jimenez, and um, uh, Gavin Sheets from the left side, one of righties on the mound. Um, he just got brought back up. I think he can be a guy that you can plug in there against righties. Um, but, for example, if you put Aloy in left field in a playoff game, because he, he's, he's comfortable out there and he's not as comfortable as a DH, if you put him out there, you're probably going to have to take him out in the seventh or eighth inning for a Billy Hamilton um, because you really, in, the, in a one- to two-run game, you just can't trust him. And you don't want Billy Hamilton getting in at bat in a playoff game. So I would say if try to get Aloy comfortable at DH so that he can play the entire game um, and he's not a liability out there. Um, just figuring out what works with the lineup at this point, just kind of meddling with it, seeing what works, and trying to stay to be hot, I would say, for the last week of the season and have some momentum going into the playoffs at this point. All right, I hear you there. I want to just give this quick little stat before we move into the divisions and some awards. I'm looking at Craig Kimbrell's numbers. On the season, a .49 ERA with 23 saves as a Cub, a 6.08 ERA with one save as a White Sox. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely concerning. 
Um, with the White Sox, like I said, he has been great in the ninth inning. Um, in, in games that matter, uh, he struggled a little bit in the ninth against the Cubs, but that was the uh, the fourteen to seven game in the ninth, and then it turned into fourteen to ten. He gave up um, a couple home runs. He likes the pressure um, and the high leverage. I think he saved the the one he saved was in Toronto, um, and it was they were uh, he kind of like steadied the tide for us. Um, Kopech had given up I think four that day, um, and then they brought it to Para, and then Kimbrel. Um, and neither one gave up a hit or a run. He was great that day. Um, I, I kind of like putting him in, in the ninth inning. Like you said, he's more comfortable there. He was great with the Cubs. He didn't pitch the eighth at all. He only pitched the ninth. Um, so I would like to see him in the ninth, to be honest with you. Yeah, we'll see if Tony Larusa changes that strategy as uh, the season rolls on. But let's take a look at some of these divisions. I think there's a few that are just about um, wrapped up. I think the White Sox are one of those, of course. Um, the Rays are up eight and a half on the Yankees. I know they've been playing well, but that looks to be just about wrapped up. I'll pay you later. And then the Brewers up 11 games on the Reds. Those three look to be just about wrapped up, uh, the NL Central, that last one. So let me ask you, who do you think wins the AL West, where the Astros have a five and a half game lead on the Mariners and a six game lead on the A's? I definitely hate some of the Astros. I think that's the easiest of the three that um, are still kind of up in the air. Uh, the Astros play against the Mariners well. I only, I think the only team that could cu- catch them would be the A's because they like to get hot in the second half at some point, and they really haven't done that. Um, but I don't think they will. I know the A's have – they play the Astros two out of the last three series of the year. Um, I've looked ahead to that. So obviously the A's have their destiny in front of them, um, but I don't think that they're going to have enough to get it done, especially with Bassett still going down, um, obviously after that liner to the face. Um, that's their ace, and they definitely, I don't think they get there. I think they both miss the playoffs, them and the Mariners, and the Astros hang on. Yeah, I like the Astros as well in the division. In the NL East, the Braves hold a one-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies and a four-game lead over the Mets. Um, I'll go first. I'm pretty high on the Braves. I've always liked them. Their pitching concerns me just because they don't really have a lot of health there. I think Soroka and Freed are both down, Um, but... Charlie Morton's been great. They just re-signed him for another year. That lineup, even without Ronald Acuna, is so long. Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, Adam Duvall, even Jorge Soler, Jack Peterson, they're both starting to hit as well. A couple of former Cubs um, in that list. I I like the Braves. Um, I think they've got some experience in this spot too, having won the division the last couple of years. So I think they hang on. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets go on a little bit of, of a run lately either ever since their whole uh, little news outburst happened the, th- the thumbs down the the thumbs down and then the GM with the the DUI and back to back to back it was really bad but they've been playing good ball as of late 7 and 3 in their last 10 Javi's been hitting Lindor's been hitting um, and and they got some nice pieces there Conforto's had a good year Jonathan Villar has actually been great for that team they're 500 right now, 69 and 69, so it'd be nice if they could get a few more wins and keep that division rate close, but I think I'm going to lean with the Braves. Yeah, you know me, preseason, um, if you remember, I was huge on the Mets, actually picked them to go to the World Series. Obviously, that they were actually in first for a long time. They didn't take enough advantage of their easier schedule and the Braves' struggles early on. Um, they left the door open. They were probably about five and a half up when they should have been like 12 up on the Braves. Cause they were playing real bad. Um, they didn't do it, and now they find themselves in a hole. Um, so I don't think the Mets can get there. Obviously, DeGrom's 
they're, they're, they're trying to wrap it back up, but I don't think he'll be able to go. I mean, he's just not healthy enough, um, and he hasn't been there. So I don't think the Mets can get there, um, although I did before. But Pete Alonso, um, he's always great at the mic. He's always encouraging the guys. So I, I do like that team, um, and it's a possibility. But I'm going to go with the Phillies. Um, I just don't like the Braves this year. I think Acuna is their most, uh, easily their most dynamic player, maybe their best player, um, even though Freeman won the MVP. He's, he's an important piece, and they've, they've been hot without him, which is nice to see if you're a Braves fan. Um, but I am going to go with the Phillies. Um, with Zach Wheeler and Nola, they have a good one-two punch if they can get into the playoffs. They've played the Brewers well this year, haven't lost to them, won five, uh, the first five of that series, um, and that's still going on today and tomorrow. Um, so I do like that Phillies team. Um, even with who went down, Reese Hoskins, I think went down for the year. Um, but Harper's been playing out of his mind. He gets on base two, three times a game. Um, that on base percentage is well over 400. Um, he's having an MVP type year. So I think that Phillies team can get there. Um, I think they have that spark being one and a half games back. And I think, um, they will find themselves on top of the division. All righty. That'll be a fun one to watch down the stretch. And so will the NL West. That's probably been the best division all season long the Giants surprisingly not any more surprisingly but before the season it would be a shock they lead it 88 and 50 best record in baseball they've got a one game lead on the 87 and 51 Dodgers and then the 73 and 64 Padres hold the second wild card spot in the National League um, it's hard to root or not root it's hard to bet against the Dodgers who have a literal all-star team, including pitching and bullpen. They're just unbelievably constructed. Uh, but I'm going to take the Giants. I think the way they play ball works in any weather and any time of the season. Um, nobody really jumps off the page like, holy cow, that guy's good. we got to get him out. The whole team just hits. They don't strike out. They play good defense. They pitch well. It's just the perfect storm to beat a, a super team is a bunch of guys that don't care who gets it done. And that's that Giants team. They just took two or three from the Dodgers which is why they've got a one-game lead. I think they've got one more series against each other coming up. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. It's hard to bet against the Dodgers, but I'm going to do it. I love the Giants. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I thought it was a huge series for them to take two out of three this weekend. I think they needed it more than the Dodgers did, and I think they need to win the division more than the Dodgers do. Um, the Dodgers have three, maybe four aces. So if you throw Walker Bueller in the wild card game and you get past it, oh no, you got Max Scherzer game one and Kershaw and Arias games two and three. So um, they're in good shape because they're going to get in for sure. I think it's more important that the Giants win the division. I think they know that and I think they will. Um, if they go 500 the rest of the year, they got 24 games left. If they go 12 and 12, they win 100 games, um, which is crazy to think about the Giants winning 100 games um, preseason. But that's where we are. They've played out of their minds. I think they deserve to win this division, um, and I'd like to see them do it. Probably since the All-Star break, I've been hoping that a Giant makes the, makes the MVP ballot. But the more I think about it, it, it kind of makes sense that none of them do. Um, because, it, like you said, um, it's, a, it's a huge team effort for that club. Um, every, it's a different guy every day. Brandon Crawford would be the guy I would say would make it. But um, he's not really having an MVP year. He's just on that team. Um, and it's each guy. Darren Ruff's having a great year. Belt? It, Belt's having a good year. I was surprised to see they lead the league in home runs. Yeah. Because um, you don't think of any bomber on that team, and it's a huge ballpark. Brandon Belt's the leader of the team with 21, so, and, and you got guys with over 40. 
Um, yeah, but they got, and... I think I think it's 12 guys that have more than 10 home runs, and nobody else is really close to that. Um, so, it, like you said, it is a team effort, and I'll take the Giants too. Yeah, Chris Bryant on that team, he's got 25, I think, but I think like only seven have been hit with that club, so he doesn't count right, in that. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to go with the Giants. In the National League wild card, I'm going to say the Dodgers then, and I think the Padres do enough to hold off the Reds. I think you've got Dodgers and Reds. I, I think I do have Dodgers and Reds just because of the schedules. The Padres have three more series with the Giants and two more with the Dodgers. Tough. Um, and I, I don't like the Tatis outfield look. He hasn't looked real good out there, um, especially around the warning track. I, I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't like the vibe of it. Um, he's just a flashy kind of shortstop guy. It's just I don't like seeing him out there. So I am going to go with the Reds, um, and I think they get blown out in the wild card. <laughs> just like last season when they made it as the extra team in the National League. In the American League, wild cards, I think the Yankees are going to take the first spot and the Red Sox probably the second. I would love to see the Blue Jays catch them because I think the Blue Jays are the most fun team in the sport. Um and then it would be nice to see the Mariners catch up, too, just to break their kind of playoff drought and get in there. But I don't think they would go anywhere. I think the Blue Jays or Red Sox would have a good shot to uh, either beat the Yankees, um, throwing Chris Sale or uh, Robbie Ray in that game, um, probably against Garrett Cole. But I like the Yankees a lot. I think they got a good chance to go far. Yeah, 20 years for the Mariners, 2001. It has been a while for them. So I, I agree with you. I don't think they get in. Um, the Yankees are only three and a half of the, uh, up on both Toronto and Seattle and only a half game up on Boston. So, I mean, they still can drop out, but I'm with you. I don't think they will. Um, I think they end up hosting that wild card game. They have an easier schedule down the stretch. Um, and I think Boston gets in there. Um, I think it's going to be Chris Sale and Garrett Cole. As long as Boston doesn't have to play meaningful games like the last couple days, they might, but I don't think they will. As long as they can get their guys back from COVID, um, unfortunately for Toronto, they don't have any more games with Boston. Um, I was surprised to look at that. So they have games with everybody else in the East. A couple of series with the Orioles that hopefully they could take advantage of if you're a, Balt, uh, a Toronto fan. But I think it's going to be um, the Red Sox and the Yankees. And I, I think the Red Sox have the best shot of winning that one gamer, um, especially if Sale could go. Yeah, we'll take a look at the brackets once they get a little bit more certain and we'll predict uh... – who goes how far and, and wins the World Series and things of that nature. But before I let you go, Bob, I want to predict some awards. It's award season in the MLB. Everything's kind of coming into fruition. Um, we could take a look around the MLB and give out MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and Manager of the Year in both leagues. Um, I think American League MVP is the easiest answer of them all. And although Vladimir Guerrero is hitting 321 with 40 bombs and 98 RBI. It's Shohei Otani, and it's not close. He's got 43 homers, 93 runs driven in. Um, oh, yeah, and a below three ERA on the mound in over 10 starts this season. What he's doing on the baseball field is truly unbelievable. Yeah, it's one of the best seasons of all time, no doubt about it. Um, and like you said, there's no way anybody else um, gets, on the, gets a first-place vote, I don't think. If Vladdy wins a triple crown and doesn't get a first place vote, that's got to be the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, that's why I think you got to give him some sort of recognition somehow because that's just unbelievable. Um, but no doubt it's Shohei, and I think he gets every single first place vote. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there. Uh, we'll go American. We'll stick in the American League for now. We'll go American League Cy Young. 
Um, if you look at the ERA leaders in the MLB, Max Scherzer, Walker Buehler, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Kevin Gossman are the top five. Those are all National League players. So then the, the, the best ERA in the American League is Robbie Ray, who's had an unbelievable second half to the season. Right behind him is Garrett Cole with 14 wins and a 2.73 ERA. He's been great. Um, so it's probably between those two guys. I think if both of your White Sox, either Lynn or Rodon, will meet the innings requirement, then, yeah, I would probably go with one of them. Um, especially Rodon has been dominant when he is on the mound, but I think they won't be eligible, so it'll have to be Cole or Robbie Ray. And since I don't think the Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs, I'm going to take Cole uh, to win the Cy Young for the Yankees in the American League. Yeah, like you said, um, obviously I'd like to see a couple of White Sox on that ballot, but um, health is more important for them at this point, no doubt. Lance Lynn was the AL. They were both... um, AL ERA leaders when they qualified. Um, Lance Lynn is closer to qualifying. I think he, if he made starts from here on out, he'd probably be close, um, but he's not going to. Um, so he's, yeah, like you said, he's out. I'm going to go with Robbie Ray. A little personal bias because the Sox usually mash left-handed pitching, um, and they've played Robbie Ray, Ray twice, and he has dominated twice. Um, I think he struck out 15, the 14 the first time, and 15 or 16 the second time. It was unbelievable. Um, it's just that down and away slide, uh, down and in slider to righties um, that usually we can get to lefties with our big righties like Abreu, Aloy, Luis, um, and they just could not touch Robbie Ray all day long. That low and in slider um, it gives me nightmares, and I hope we don't see that guy in the playoffs because he will get us again. So I'm going to go with Robbie Ray. Um, like you said, he's had a great year. The ERA, especially in the second half, has been unbelievable. Um, it, it seems like every time he's out there, the team wins. Um, so if you're a Blue Jays fan, you hope that he helps you get in there. Um, but I do think he wins a Cy Young regardless of if they get in. All righty. So that's your pick for Cy Young. How about Rookie of the Year in the American League? It's probably not um, going to be that much of a race. A lot of people expected, excuse me, Randy Rosarena at the beginning of the year just because of his unbelievable uh, efforts in the World Series last year. But the Texas Rangers have a guy who made an all-star team and has continued to impress all season long, Adolis Garcia. He's got 29 homers, 78 RBI, and OPS north of 700. I think that's probably your rookie of the year in the American League. I agree with you. Um, I definitely think it's Garcia from Texas. Arena struggled a lot in the first half against righties. Um, he was always He's always been good against lefties, um, but he's, he's had a big second half after kind of a rough first half. Um, so he he's he'll make some ballots for sure. Probably get a lot of second place votes. But like you said, I don't think it's that close. Um, even with a terrible Texas team, um, he's been hitting in the middle of the order all year long, and he's the only reason they have more than thirty five wins. All right, and then manager of the year in the American League. Um, there's a lot of different options, a lot of good storylines in the American League. Kevin Cash won it last year um, and has a good case to win it again, leading the league in. Um, wins and having the best record in the AL I like Aaron Boone's case just because that team has struggled with health all year long and they made a nice run in the second half but then you you look at a team like your White Sox with Tony La Russa in his first year and you have a team that hasn't been at full strength beside maybe two three games all season long um, and they're leading the division by 10 games so I could see him getting it there's some interesting cases in the AL West as well but I'll go 
I'll go Tony La Russa to win um, manager of the year in the American League. I would love to see Tony win it. Um, like you said, he's, he, he has uh, he's had a good year with the boys. Um, he's kept the team together. He knows what he's doing. They trust him a lot. Um, so I, I think he's had – I think they've overachieved as a team, for sure, the White Sox. But what kind of hurts is that the division's been real bad. Um, a lot of people thought Minnesota would win the division again this year. Um, that didn't happen. They from the from the first month of the season, they could just not get it going. Um, so having an easier division, I, I could see him winning it. Um, but I'm going to go with Scott Service um, from the Mariners. Um, I don't think they get in the playoffs, but that team has definitely overachieved in a pretty tough division. Um, the Astros are the class of the division, have been for years now. Um, besides a short year that the A's wanted, the A's are pretty good in that division. But the Mariners, even with in one-run games, I, I give a lot of credit to managers um, with that bullpen usage, and they've been fantastic in one-run games. They have a negative run differential, um, and they're still, I think, about 10 games, maybe 11 games over 500. so they're having a really good year with a lot of young guys. And what's surprising is Kyle Lewis has been out a ton this year, um, and he was the, the rookie of the year last year, probably easily, I would say, the best player on the team uh, with Seager aging a little bit. Um, so I'm going to go with Scott Service for keeping those boys together. Yeah, he's definitely done a hell of a job, and, and it's a team that you weren't expecting to be where they are. So I, I would not be surprised if he gets votes or takes home the award. We'll shift gears into the National League. Um, MVP seems to be a, a two-dog race at the moment, Bryce Harper and um, blanking on his name, but I'm looking right at it, Fernando Tatis, Tatis. Jr. Um, and there's some other guys that could creep in there. You mentioned Brandon Crawford. He's certainly a name. Um, and, and I'm sure there's a Dodger, Max Muncy's having a great year. Um, and, you know, the Brewers have three pitchers that could be most valuable players. And, and Nick Castellanos is another guy with 26 homers, 78 runs driven in, and leading the league with a 321 average. If the Reds get into the playoffs, he could be a guy that gets some votes. But I think it's between Tatis and Harper. And I'm on Team Tatis, even with missing some games. The dude's still got 37 bombs and 85 RBI on the year. He's accepted a new position since coming back from injury, and the Padres are finally starting to get hot and win some games and, and keep pace in that NL wildcard race. Um, I think he's the most electrifying player in the league, with maybe the exception of Shohei Otani, and I think he wins his first NL MVP. Yeah, I'd have no problems if he does win the award. Um, he's definitely the most important player on that team. They struggled a lot when he was out, and he, that's, I think that's why they rushed him back. They really did rush him back. Um, his injury, to it really affected his swing, um, but they were they were scuffling, so they said, we'll just throw him in right field. Hopefully he can swing the bat. He's, he's been good since coming back, but I'm going to go Bryce Harper. I'm big on um, getting into the playoffs mattering. Obviously, Mike Trout's won a bunch where he didn't get into the playoffs. Shohei's going to win it, and they're not going to get into the playoffs. Um, but I do think that's important, unless you're just far away and beyond better than everyone else, like Shohei and Trout have been. Um, so if if I think the Phillies are going to win the division, and if they do, I'll give it to Bryce Harper. Most important player in that lineup by far. Um, the pitching's been brutal, um, and he's kept them afloat. He's, he's had some big swings. The RBI total's not really there, but the OPS is. And I'd say the RBI total's not really there because wa he walks a ton. Um, the OB, the OPS, the on-base percentage, the um, weight, uh, weighted runs created plus, it's all really good for Harper. So if they do get in, I give it to Bryce, even though he's not my favorite player in the league. Um, 
but I, I still think he could deserve it this year. All righty. In the National League Cy Young race, it seems to be about a five-dog race at the moment. Of course, I'd be remiss to not mention Jacob deGrom and his 1.08 ERA, but he's not going to qualify. He's been hurt for most of the second half of the season, which is just tough because he was on track for historically one of the best pitching seasons I think any of us have ever seen. But he's not going to win it. I think it'll be between Max Scherzer, who has played for two teams this year, so I feel like that kind of disqualifies him. I don't know if that's ever been... uh, ever happened before a guy that gets traded wins it but he's 13 and 4 with a league leading 228 era um actually a major league leading 228 era of all qualified pitchers walker bueller's been fantastic he's next on the list um corbin burns and brandon woodruff the milwaukee brewers duo one of the two could easily win the award and i wouldn't be upset about it uh both nearing 200 strikeouts kevin gossman the ace of that giant staff um, could certainly be in the conversation. Then I'll toss in a sixth. Zach Wheeler, his 291 ERA and league leading 217 strikeouts um, is certainly valuable for that team that is trying so hard to get in to the playoffs by winning the division or catching up on one of those teams in the wild card. So that's probably the six we're going to be choosing from. I'm still making up my mind. I'm leaning toward Walker Bueller. I think he's been the most dominant, um, but I wouldn't be shocked if any of those six win it, honestly. There's, there's so many good candidates, so many good candidates. Um, those six that you mentioned, even Adam Wainwright, how about him getting a little consideration? Um, at age 40, he's doing some good, some real good things for the Cardinals. Um, he's third in the MLB in innings with 176 at age 40. Um, like you said, Wheeler leads the league in, in strikeouts and in innings. He's almost at 190, um, which you don't really see 200 innings anymore. There's probably going to be about three guys that do it, him, Bueller, and Wainwright probably are the only guys um so i'm gonna go corbin burns i i like giving a brewer a brewer some love here um i i just think it's it's tough because i think him and woodruff are gonna split the vote so neither one's probably gonna win it um but burns has just been electric that slider is untouchable um and he can just pump that fastball in at 98 he's i with the socks faced him woodruff and freddie in a three-game set and yeah i mean you just can't you can't hit that very well um, so I'd like to see a Brewer win it. Um, I, I'm going to go with Burns. It could be Woodruff, too, like you said, but I'll say Burns. It's similar to what happened to the Cubs in 2016 with uh, Kyle Hendricks leading the league in ERA and John Lester leading the league in wins, um, and then neither of them won the Cy Young. It was actually Max Scherzer. So you kind of split the vote when they're on the same team. I think that might happen to the Dodgers as well with Bueller and Scherzer. Um, so it might open up the door for a Wheeler or a Gossman to win it, which I also wouldn't be upset about. That's how good these candidates are. Yeah, for sure. And I, I w- Speaking of Gossman, I'd like to see a Giant win something um, with the year that they're having. So maybe it comes in the Cy Young. I definitely like we're going to talk about manager, year, manager of the year. He could win that. But I'd like to see a Giant player win something. Yeah, we might as well go into manager, manager of the year now in the NL, like you mentioned. I think there's no way Gabe Cutler of the Giants doesn't win it. The season that they've had has not only exceeded expectations, but if you are leading the Dodgers for wire to wire pretty much and they have a super team, the managing is unbelievable. So I think there's really no question. I think um, Craig Council certainly a guy that could get some votes, um, and whoever wins the National League East, uh, Brant Snitker I think is the manager of the Braves, could, could get some votes. The Reds, Albert Bell could get some votes, or David Bell, get some votes as well but I mean at the end of the day I think it's the Giants manager Gabe Kepler and I 
Really don't think it's close. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know how high I am on Craig Council. I love the guy. I, I love how he manages games, um, but I don't think he's got a shot this year. You might as well only put Kapler on the ballot because he's definitely going to win it. Um, I, I, they won the season series with that against the Juggernaut Dodgers, 10-9. Um, that's pretty unbelievable to me. Um, the pitching has been great for the Giants all year, but just when you put those lineups side by side, I can't believe that they won the season series. You just look at it on paper and there's no way, um, but obviously that does speak to Kapler. I also wanted to mention to you, I forgot to mention for AL Manager of the Year, um, talking about Kevin Cash, what he does with that race team last year and this year um, is just unbelievable. Did you see what he did yesterday with the intentional balk? No. He, they were up by two in the 10th inning. Um, and so obviously you get a runner on second for free. They're up by two. So he had Colin McHugh intentionally block the guy over to third. They just do weird things. I, I imagine it was to stop sign stealing because obviously Alex Cora is the Red Sox manager and they're trying to let the guy go from the windup, whatever. They just do quirky things that you wouldn't even think of. Um, that run obviously doesn't mean all that much with you being up by two. Um, if he scores, you're just up by one and you need three outs and that's it. Um, but you would never see anybody else do that. I just I like the way he does things. Yeah, he, he's certainly a, a guy that thinks outside of the box, and it's it's worked for the Rays lately. So um, he's a guy to keep an eye on as well. I think he won last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he won two in a row. We'll finish up with the National League Rookie of the Year. Um, surprisingly, the Cubs have two names that could potentially get some votes, and Pat Wisdom, who leads all National League rookies in home runs with 25, and Frank Schwindel, who probably won't qualify for any awards, but if he kept this up for a full season, would certainly win Rookie of the Year. He's the reigning Rookie of the Month in the National League, and the month before that, I believe, was Pat Wisdom. So the Cubs have had some good rookies ever since having their entire team traded to various other teams in the MLB. Um, but neither of those two guys are probably going to win it. I think it's between Marlins pitcher Trevor Rogers and the red second baseman or shorts, I think second baseman Jonathan India. Um, I'm going to go with Rogers. I think he's quietly put together a really strong season for the Marlins who are in last place. But if there's one award that doesn't really matter with playoffs, it's probably this award. Um, and I think Rodgers has put together a good case. Um, and that Marlins pitching staff, they put together a really nice um, rotation for the future with Trevor Rodgers, Sandy Alcantara, Sixto Sanchez, and I think I'm missing a guy. Um, but they, they look good. They won't be bad for long, and I think a, a nice little Rookie of the Year honor for those Marlins, if it's not one of the Cubs, which it probably won't, would be nice for them. Yeah, I was just going to say that. that. They can throw some arms at you. Um, the lineup is a little weak. You just got Aguilar in there racking up, I think, every RBI the team's had all year. And <laughs> really, nobody else really does much. Maybe a little Brian Anderson, but that'd be about it. Um, they can certainly throw some arms at you. I wouldn't mind seeing Rodgers win it. I'll go Jonathan India. Um, like you said, I don't think it matters for him if they get into the playoffs, but he has been there all year. Um, it, it's He's not one of those guys that's played like 20 games last year. This is his first year. Um, and it's his, it, he's playing a full season. He's played almost 130 games this year, just under that. Um, and he's had a really productive year, hitting toward the middle, toward the bottom. Doesn't matter where they put him. He's gotten on base. He's driven in a few here and there, um, and he's had a really good year. So I'd go India. I, like you, I would have loved to see Frank Schwindel play all year long. The guy's been unbelievable. Um, and Pat Wisdom, when we played the Cubs at our park, uh, at the Sox park, 
the guy you couldn't throw him anything near the plate. He hit it. it he hit one. I've never seen a ball hit that far um, at guaranteed rate. So wisdom, I'd love to see him in a full season next year and Schwindel as well um, at the corners. I think they do have a bright future. Um, I, I like I said, Frank Schwindel. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him win it. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I agree with you there, but he's probably going to win Rookie of the Month two two months in a row, the last two months of the season, and he's still not going to win it. Yeah, I mean, that'd be incredible, but like you said, definitely some things to look forward to for the Cubs after a season, uh, and especially a, a month of July that um, will be hard to forget for the wrong reasons, losing some of the team's most um, valuable players in the franchise's history, the guys who really came together to win that World Series back in 2016, but the future is bright for the Cubs. Hopefully they make some moves in this offseason. Bob, that'll do it for the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Always, anytime. Um, love being here. Great to see you. Yeah, we'll talk to you probably before the playoffs and get some predictions in for that as well. But for now, Bob, thank you for joining us. As always, this episode brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill and available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.